Need your Minnesota United soccer fix? We've got it for you here. It's Loon Talk on Score North. Welcome in, Loons fans, to another edition of Loon Talk. Jonathan Harrison here alongside Voice of the Loons, Dan Terra. And Dan, how you doing after uh, after a Wednesday night MLS after dark match? Um. Yeah, well, let's just say I slept like a baby. <laughs> and I woke up and yeah, it was still a four, three loss. So yeah. didn't do any good to sleep it off. Well, you, you kind of jumped right into it right there. So we'll wait no longer Minnesota, uh, three LA galaxy four. And, uh, that's not the whole storyline, obviously, uh, halftime Minnesota go in up three, one great first half, exactly how you would have drawn it up except for giving up the first goal, but great response from the loons there, but then a complete and utter collapse an implosion, if you will, by the loons in the second half. Manny Reynoso comes out at halftime injured, according to Adrian Heath. We'll see how, mm-hmm. how severe that injury is. Hopefully it's just, it was just precautionary with still games left to be played this season, but Minnesota doesn't really matter because Minnesota just were nowhere in the second half as 37 year old Billy Sharp scored two second half goals, making it a hat trick against Minnesota last night uh, at the time of recording and uh, Minnesota lose four to three. Just uh, I don't know any other way to put it other than implosion, Dan. Yeah, it was, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is the third time this year uh, Minnesota has uh, lost a two goal lead. I think so. Yeah, I think it is. And that's, that's, you know, in the soccer world, that's kind of unexcusable, you know, um, in a sport where, people get a one to nothing lead with 80 minutes to go and they park the bus uh, teams expect players expect coaches expect that when you have a two goal lead, you should be able to hang on to that. And for some reason, this team can't. And last night was, was just a classic example of, you know, play a great first half. And then uh, you let and give LA some credit. They've got a very talented team. Uh give them some credit. They took over the game and uh, Ricky Pooch, although he spends a lot of time laying on the turf, man, he is, he is good. He is. What is he? How old is he? He's pretty young, right? Yeah. I mean, he came over from over from Barcelona after they just didn't want anything to do with him anymore for some reason, but he showed exactly why he was from the Barcelona Academy and why he was playing for Barcelona before he came over to LA galaxy. He is, he's incredible and showed off his skills last night. Yeah, he was he was amazing, uh, um, and it makes you wonder. Okay, what did what what lies beneath the surface of Ricky Pooch? Uh, because everything we saw was great. Maybe he's got an attitude problem. Maybe I don't know. Maybe he's hard to coach. But boy, he was he was really impressive. Yeah, he was impressive last night. Tyler Boyd was impressive. Billy Sharp, thirty mm-hmm. seven year old striker, as we said was impressive scores a hat trick now up to six goals in six games for the LA galaxy since joining them after leaving Sheffield United uh, earlier this summer. Um, yeah, there was a lot of impressive things for LA galaxy in that second half. Not a lot of impressive thing. In fact, nothing really impressive for Minnesota in that second half. Let's talk about positives first. Let's get those out of the way here. Let's, okay. Let's not be all negative. Okay. Uh, you go Vanwane first. Scoring two <laughs> goals. That's impressive. Yep. He's up to 17 total goals on the season, which mm-hmm. if you're keeping track in terms of like all time standings, Emmanuel Reynoso is very close to tying the all time record. I think he has tied the all time record for most goals in a regular season and in all competitions for Minnesota at 27. Bongi's almost there in one season. Yeah. Yeah. No, in his he's... second season with the club. He is, he is incredible this season. 
He is a, uh, yeah, no, he has moved up uh, into star status this year. And I think he got a little bit of national recognition during the League's Cup when people were looking, well, who's leading scorers in the League's Cup? And they're going, Longwane and then Messi? And and they're going, what? And then Messi caught him and then had more games. But obviously that kind of got him on, I think, people's radar going, okay, who's this guy? And, uh, And Messi was right there. So, um, he's, yeah, he's, a. I mean, really, if he takes another step up next year, Jonathan, uh, we're talking, you know, could be a contender for the golden boot at some point. So yeah, he keeps up this, the yeah, won't have to worry about who's their striker. Cause they'll have long, who long coming off the right wing, scoring all the goals. Right. So no, who's providing those assists. Yeah. He's been, you know, other than just a little brief couple of matches he missed with an injury, he's been amazing. Yeah. And there was that dip in June, but everybody. This entire team took that dip in June, so we'll see. Uh, it's just keeping the consistency for him, which he's shown the ability to do that throughout most of the season, even without Manuel Reynoso for much of the start of the season. He was able to still put in good performances and put in good chips and kind of help guide this team along. I don't think anybody expected this kind of a jump in year two from him. If he's still around, if he doesn't get poached by Europe in the summer or in the winter, uh, if he's around next season, I cannot wait to see what he's able to do next season a third year in Minnesota, a third year in MLS under his belt. This kid's about to fly. And and you're right. You hope that they leave him alone for another year. Uh, but it just, let's go back. Let's let's address the elephant in the room. Yeah. We talked about how good Bongi's playing. Timu Puki is, we're, sh- we're still not sure he where he's. last night. Yeah, he scored Coach last night. That's exactly what they brought him in to do is score right. those right. kinds and, of goals. Well, basically do what Billy Sharp did for <laughs> L.A., right? Mm-hmm. Billy Sharp didn't run all over the place. He didn't make some dramatic runs. He didn't even have all that many touches. But when he did get the ball in the 18, he delivered. That's all Put you want. When you, right, that's all you want when you when you go get a, a veteran uh, striker. Um, now, if you if you're going out and getting a 22 year old striker, you expect a little more activity, a little more you know some some pace and runs, but that's all they need. So you've got Bongi. I have no reason to doubt that Puki can't score goals when he gets chances. I think he got off to a slower start, but and then you've got Emmanuel Reynoso, one of the best passers, playmakers in the league. Mm-hmm. The big question is why is this rarely resulting in three goals? It resulted in three goals last night. Um, and, but why is this team still struggling to score goals, um, is the biggest question that the second part of that question would be when they do score three goals, why is that when the defense struggles? So, yeah. uh, cause this team hasn't given up four goals in a long time and now they do when they score three. So it, it there's, there's way more questions than answers at this point. Um, I just don't understand how that, that trio, whether it's Dotson on the left side or Franco Fragapani or whoever it is, um, why that threesome isn't isn't producing three goals every night, I don't understand. Yeah, it's it's tough watching the offense at some points, considering the amount of talent, as we've talked about time and time again, they have on the field. I mean, you have the best playmaking uh, star in this league, in Emmanuel Reynoso, and still they've only scored two or more goals, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight times this season out of 29 games played. That is not enough. That needs to be more. I think everybody in the building would say that as well. I mean, they just have not been good enough 
in the offensive third this season. They've been great defensively, except for little blips where they give up four goals. I think that's the third time this season where they've done that. Uh, obviously, you don't want to keep doing that. But for the most part, over the last eight games or so, Minnesota's defense has been locked down. That's why they went on a seven-game uh, unbeaten run where they gave up four goals in those seven games. Minnesota's defense has stepped up quite a bit this season. It's just it bit them last night. It it crumbled last night. Dane St. Clair got made some big saves, got a lucky on a couple other ones that uh, were just shot right at him or that uh, the defender helped him out on it. But for the most part, that defense really let the team down last night. The midfield has let the team down quite a bit this season. Just there's been, I think a lot of it is a lack of controlling the ball and controlling how the game is played. They want to sit back and counterattack, which is fine. If you can continue to get locked down defense, they didn't last night and it bit them. I mean, uh, but I think a lot of the attacking problems for the team just come down to a lack of possession and lack of getting the ball into the attacking third, it seems like. Yeah, and as as we know, that starts with, you know, in your own half of the pitch, it starts with the defense and the wings getting getting the ball into position. And, and, and Rosales cramped up or got an injury early that – we first thought was serious. And then you bring on a sub early. Well, that shouldn't kill you because it's not like there's a huge drop off. Um, and Zarek Valentin is still on the bench. And so they, they do have a little bit of depth on defense, but it never got going. But I let's go, let's go back. You mentioned uh, Dane St. Clair's game. Yeah. It was an interesting game mm-hmm. for the Minnesota goaltender. Um, he made some amazing saves. A couple of them were just because he was in the right position and the ball drilled him. Um, but that's part of goaltending, right? Yep. Being in the right spot. I mean, you yeah, make saves. Michael Boxel saved one right off his, his chest or his stomach. And by the way, have you ever been hit with a soccer ball that was struck by a professional player in the abdomen? So I, I, <laughs> I don't, I have not, but I want to like clarify. I also want to like add to, to your point there. The first time I ever, went to a Minnesota United practice as part Mm -hmm. of being a part of these broadcasts. The first thing I noticed was the sound that those soccer balls made when guys kicked them. And the first one I heard was Francisco Calvo, who had one of the strongest kicks I've ever seen or heard in my life. And Mm -hmm. the sound it makes is very much different than what you hear anywhere else in the world. It is uh, any, any other pitch outside of a regular or outside of a professional soccer pitch. That sound is incredible. It shows you how hard they are kicking it. I would not want to be a goalkeeper ever. You couldn't pay no. me enough money to stand in front of those guys. It's uh, it's not grade, grade school dodgeball. Let's put it that way. Uh, yeah. But anyway, so Boxel took one of those shots right in the abdomen and it bounced right to uh, one of the galaxy players and he put a sharp, put it in. It was, it was just a, and, and two of his goals were kind of fluky bounces like that. Like, Oh, look, the ball came right to our striker and there's no one around him. And he gets, he scores a goal. It was amazing. The bounces they got, but uh, each team's defender made a save right on the goal line in the first, you know, part of the bat early. Yeah, in the first, match. Like that was, minutes. that was crazy. Um, so it was a weird game uh, for Dane St. Clair. Um, and again, he made some good positional saves. He made some other saves are nice, but if you go back to it, I'm pretty sure that fourth goal, he feels he should have stopped. I mean, it basically got underneath him. He was maybe a little bit late or maybe was a step or two out of position. But anytime a a ball gets goes right underneath you and off your hand and in, I I think most goaltenders would say, no, I should have had that. 
um, to preserve the draw. So it was, it was just a strange night. And, and unfortunately for uh, Minnesota United, it was very costly. Um, well, I started the night in the playoffs, you end the night outside looking in and this team to not make the playoffs, I think would be disastrous. I really yeah, do. Absolutely. Um, yeah. not just because, Oh no, the fans will be upset and uh, the broadcasters will be upset because we would be. Um, but just for the whole core group of that team, what does that do for the attitude of Emmanuel Reynoso or guys like Bongi that, that are maybe thinking, uh, do I need to go somewhere else? Am, am yeah. I done here? You know, not making the playoffs just might change what happens in the off season. Um, and so it, it's more important than just how far do we get this season? Can we win the playoffs? It's mentally, I think it's really important. This team makes the playoffs um, and at least has that string going. I think this would be the fifth consecutive play. You want to be a team that makes the playoffs every year. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know a, a lot of fans, well, if you don't win a championship, who cares? Well, I do. I want to, I want to be around a team that wins consistently, makes the playoffs consistently. Um, I guess I'm a big picture guy, not a, you know, let's win it once and then be crappy. I don't like, I don't, that's fun for one year, but I want a team that's going to be in the playoffs every year. And I think making it and being consistently in the playoffs, I think right now where we sit, that's job number one. And what happens after that, we'll see. But right now they've got to find a way to get in. Yeah. You mentioned the goals and how they were scored. Uh, and that brings us back to the defensive lapses. I mean, one of those goals by Billy Sharp, I think his hat trick one comes off the corner kick and he's left all alone. <laughs> yeah. There was no one around him on the far side of the post on the far post as my Yoshida heads it in, heads the clearance back into the box and Billy Sharp's just there to tap it in. Like how does a guy, and we've seen this before, this is something that isn't just, wasn't just a pop-up thing that happened last night during the game. This is something we've seen time and time again, the far post just gets left uncovered and uh, there's no answers for that. There's ball watching going on players scooting or moving out of position a little bit and they just get caught, caught ball watching. And the far post is left unguarded and Billy Sharp guy who's been around for ages for forever knows that, Hey, I'm just going to plant myself here. I'm going to stay on side and the ball's going to get to me and mm -hmm. I'm going to tap it in. And then the fourth goal, Adrian Heath brought this up in the press conference afterwards. Doesn't happen. If Bonghukli Longwane and DJ Taylor don't run into each other. And he said, we've had to talk about this. The fact that they've had to talk about that with those guys <laughs> at all means that this is a problem that just keeps happening. And it is. You go and look back at their games in the past. This is a problem that keeps happening. There's a lack of communication and it can't keep happening. I mean, that mm -hmm. there's only so much coaching you can do. I don't want to take any of the blame off, off of like, I don't want to shift any blame and say it's all on the players because it's, it's a team effort. Uh, the coaching staff and the, and the players on the field. But the fact that you have to constantly, or you have to have a conversation about, Hey, let's communicate and not run into each other, which opens up counterattacking opportunities when you're already down a man. And we'll get to that point in a second as well. But like that, that's just kind of disheartening to know that this is an issue that keeps popping up that they have to have conversations about. And the, the defensive woes. Yeah. For the most part this season, they haven't been there, but when they pop up, they pop up in a really ugly way and it just leads to a, a flood of goals for the other team. Yeah. And that makes you wonder because if you play, if you play soccer uh, from very early on, um, the coaching will be about, especially on defense will be about communication. 
It's huge. Goaltenders have to communicate with defenders, vice versa. Um, otherwise, you have players running into each other. You have goaltenders knocking over defenders. And uh, so, yeah, it, it does seem like that is an ongoing problem um, on the defense. And we saw a lot of situations. It was, and I'll let you get into this, because it was an interestingly, interestingly physical match. But for the most part, it was kind of one-sided. Um, yeah. And I don't know if Minnesota's game plan was we have to be very physical with these guys, but it almost appeared that way. And L.A. was was just kind of said, all right, we'll take it. We'll let you guys accumulate cautions, and we're just going to keep playing. Um, that was one of the more interesting matches as far as um, physicality and yellow cards and uh, eventually uh, a second yellow. So that part of the match was weird, too. There was nothing very normal about that match, was there? No, there. I mean, from that standpoint, no. We'll get into the yellow cards now and the physicality. And just looking it up, According to FBRF, Minnesota are the third least yellow carded team in the league with mm-hmm. 48. The only teams below them, Toronto and New England, on 46 and 44. LA Galaxy sit right in the middle of the league at 65. But when I was putting together my sheet for the game with all the information that I need for the players, there was there was a couple players with six, seven, eight yellow cards. Like, wow, this team gets a lot of yellow cards. And then they got none last night. There are barely any last night. I think they got Not one till the two. end. Yeah, not until the end. end. Yeah, yeah, Minnesota gets a handful of them. They get three in three minutes, which was just incredible to see. Led to the stoppage time in the first half, which Minnesota capitalized on. Um, but yeah, let's let's talk about the red card. I mean, uh, Ethan Bristow, as Adrian Heath and I have talked about in the, the pre-match conversations we have, he's mentioned it a couple times. Ethan needs to just kind of calm down. He know, we, we brought him here because he's talented. He needs to stop pressing and just kind of just calm down and let things happen. And we saw last night that he just got in his own way last night. The time-wasting kick in the 54th minute, it's just a dumb thing. You cannot do that. You know every player at this point knows that you can't do that. That was a point of emphasis last year. It's been a point of emphasis this year. The league just wants to – soccer in general just wants to get that out of the game, and he does that out of frustration clearly and causes himself to get a cheap yellow card, which then follows up 19 minutes later, gets burned by Tyler Boyd because everybody was getting burned by Tyler Boyd last night on that right wing as LA galaxy realized that he was having a game in the first half and continued to feed him in the second half. That was, it was one way traffic when LA got the ball was get it to Tyler Boyd out on the right wing and let him create something out there. And yeah, they did. And Ethan Bristow pulls on the Jersey. That's an easy yellow card to give out because it's just like, you can see that the Jersey's being pulled. You can see that he got beat. There's no reason to do it when you already know you have a yellow card. It's just a bad game from Ethan Bristow couple bad games now from him. He hasn't really impressed too much. You want to see a young kid kind of just calm down. And we've heard Adrian say, say it in the pre-match conversations. Kid just needs to calm down, just needs to relax because we brought him here because we know he's talented. Just play the game that we know you can play. Yeah. And, and by the way, why he should have been the least frustrated one on the pitch because he just came in. The other players had been through chasing Ricky Ricky Pooch all over for a whole half already. He came in and should have been, you know, his anxiety, his frustration level should have been lower than everybody else for him to take two quick yellow cards was just dumb. And, and, and right. You know, he was going to take the, all I can think of is he must've forgotten. He already had a yellow. I don't know how you do that, but cause you wouldn't pull on the jersey. I think he thought if I give it a little tug, I won't get a yellow, but once you're beat, if you do anything to slow that guy down, grab his shirt, grab yep. his shoulder, you're 
probably going to get a yellow. That's that's as standard of a yellow card as there is, is, is grabbing someone from behind and and pulling them down or grabbing their shoulder or whatever you want to do. So, and But let me ask you this, Jonathan. If we've been – our starting wingbacks have been DJ Taylor on the right lately and Bristow on the left, um, is there a big difference between that and putting in the other pieces, whether that be uh, um, Rosales on the left uh, or putting Valentin on the right and DJ Taylor on the left. There's about three or four combinations there, right, that we've seen that seem to be the set pieces. Is there a big difference from one to three or four? I don't think there is. I think between Yosef Rosales and Ethan Bristow right now, it just seems like Bristow's just in his head and can't just get out of it. So I think you just put Rosales there. I know it's not his natural position, but he's played well enough there in the past that you say, okay, you can handle this. Obviously the injury got in the way of that last night. Um, but I think you just, you go with Rosales right now because and just let Bristow just kind of calm down, yeah. get, get control of things again, and then bring him back at a point when he's in a better mental headspace. Cause clearly Adrian, he said it a couple times that he's just not right there. So I think right now it's Rosales at that left back spot. And I think it should be as long as he's healthy. And then that right back spots iffy because DJ Taylor has his moments where it's like, yeah, this kid, this kid can be a solid, suitable right back. He's not going to, he's not going to be a world beater. He's not going to change the game for you, but he's going to do the job he needs to do. But when it's bad, it's bad. And it shows why he was at, why he was in the USL before before this. So what, what jumped out at me was how much involved Raheem Edwards was in the LA galaxy office. I, I, I was shocked in the first half. He spent more time in our 18 than than our almost than our defenders did. That's because that that's how that's how LA Galaxy set up because when they set up originally in the first half, they had Ricky Pooch up in the mm-hmm. attacking wing. That's not his normal position. He's right. more of a central attacking midfielder. So they had him at the left wing role, but it was more left wing drift on the in drift to the inside play kind of a de facto number 10 but you're starting as a left wing, which left an open space on that left-hand side mm-hmm. for Raheem Edwards to bomb forward. Second half, they switched it. They bumped out Yuri Rosell, I believe, and put Ricky Pooch back into the midfield. They put in a true left winger. Uh, who was it? I can't remember who they put back in. Uh, it was uh, Diego Fagundes. They put him back in as that left wing. It allowed Raheem Edwards to stay in defensively and shut down Banghukle Klangwani because whose name didn't we call that much in the second half? Banghukle Klangwani. Whose right. name did we call much a lot of times in the first half? Bong Hukle Hongwani, because that space was open there and Minnesota were attacking that. In the second half, Greg Vanny and LA Galaxy made a switch and it shut that opportunity, it shut that area of attack down for Minnesota. Raheem Edwards stayed at home, uh, focused on defending Bong Hukle Hongwane. Ricky Pooch went back into the midfield where he's more natural and really controlled the game, was able to distribute the ball to Tyler Boyd more and take advantage of Ethan Bristow's sh- shaky play at that left back spot. And yeah, LA galaxy made some switches at halftime. Minnesota were unable to kind of uh, switch themselves and kind of adjust to what adjust to the galaxy adjustment. And they struggled, but yeah, I think a lot of the reason why Raheem Edwards was called upon in the first half was because he was bombing forward because that's just how they set up. Yeah, but it was just noticeable. And, and, you know, you always feel like when you see, a defender that far. Well, okay. That should open up some space in there. And, yep. and, it, and it did, and it did. And it did. And it, and we scored some goals, but um, I just think that this defense is uh, for Minnesota is good. 
maybe not as good as we had hoped they would be. Yeah. And, and, but I don't want to overreact because they, you know, gave up four goals for the first time in a while, but um, you know, I guess you can say, all right, they're going to play a good team coming up. What will the defense do? What will it look like? Um, it's just so hard to know. It's going to be interesting because you don't know the severity of Yosef Rosales' injury. Uh, you're obviously not going to have Ethan Bristow because of the red card. So the question is, if you don't have Bristow or Rosales, you're really left with just the remaining two fullbacks. That means DJ Taylor starting on the left back spot and Zarek Valentin's coming at the right back spot. You can't really, I don't think, it's been a long time since we've seen a full game from Zarek Valentin. When he's in, he does a serviceable job. He does what he needs to, but you're not going to get a full game out of him at this point in his career. So we'll see what happens there. That'll be interesting to see how they set up. But it's a St. Louis side that just locked up a playoff spot last night. Congratulations to them. Uh, incredible debut season for them. They locked up a playoff spot. So what kind of a team will you be seeing on Saturday at Allianz Field? That's a, that's a big question. But it's a St. Louis side, top of the Western Conference on 50 points this season, five points clear of Seattle in second place, coming off a nil-nil draw against LAFC. A tough game for them as well. So it'll be it'll be very interesting to see what happens on Saturday, Dan. Yeah, you don't know what will their attitude be. I mean, most teams would say, no, no, we're not going to let up. We're going to continue to play on. But, you know, you know, once you clinch a playoff spot, I think I think the problem with that is they still want to win the West. And they can't let up or L.A. will catch them, LAFC. Um, so for that reason, I don't think that they're going to change much. Now, as we get a little bit further on and they got certain players that, you know, have been just kind of bothered by uh, little niggles here and there, they may give them a rest and, and, and try and give them more time off. But I'm kind of feeling like they're going to take uh, this game Saturday as, okay, we're, we're in the playoffs, but that's not good enough. We want to finish uh, first in the top spot. So I don't think Minnesota is going to get much of a break on Saturday. No, and I don't think they will either. I mean, that's a that's a side that wants that that first that number one spot in the Western Conference. It gives them home field advantage throughout. That's something you want, especially at the place that they've set up in this first year. That place is a fortress. They've done well in St. Louis. Uh, you want teams going there in the playoffs late in the season because it is going to be a hell of a time trying to get a win there on the road. Minnesota did it earlier this season, uh, but we'll see if they have to do it. Uh, coming up in the playoffs. Dan, uh, that's kind of enough of that LA Galaxy game. Uh, we had the Sporting Kansas City game since we last talked. Again, another loss, oh, a disappointing effort. Minnesota God, had a number of chances, but a uh, once again, a bad a bad one misplay from Ethan Bristow. Sees Gotti Keen to take advantage of it, and there's a goal there that is the game-winning goal. Another disappointing offensive performance from Minnesota where they just they couldn't get a goal, and they had plenty of chances. Tim Melia stood on his head a couple times, but for the most part, Minnesota had their chances and they should have won on last Saturday. Yeah. I, I completely blocked that out of my memory. Yeah. Man. We don't thanks need to talk for, about it thanks, too much. Because thanks for bringing that up, but Anytime. let's go, let's just for history's sake, back up and say that uh, Timo Pukki had one of the best chances he's oh, probably ever had since he was 10 years old and didn't score. And that made us go, Oh my goodness. We got another striker that can't score goals. Well, luckily he redeemed himself last night and got a goal, a goal scorer's goal. Just, you know, give me the ball in the box and let me, let me shoot. Uh, so that, yeah, that was one of the memories I had was thinking after that loss that, man, I hope that Pookie scores in LA because otherwise he's going to be really doubting whether or not, uh, you know, if yeah. he can score in the United States or not. So um, yeah, let's put that one to bed because that was, 
just as disappointing as uh, last night was in L.A. So yeah, then let's take a look across the league. Some scores from last night, a busy night in Major League Soccer. I don't really care about the Eastern Conference at this point in the season with how uh, things are breaking down and going in the Western Conference. So I'll focus on them. Austin 1-1 draw against New York Red Bulls, yada, yada, whatever. Not really that important because Austin 34 points, three points behind Minnesota. They're four points out of that final playoff spot. I think their season's done. They, they uh, It's been an interesting season for them. Obviously, they had a heck of a season last year, second in the Western Conference. They were dominant from minute one to minute zero or to minute 90 in that se- last season. But this season has just been an epic collapse for them. That's not the season that they wanted from them. So disappointing season for them. Houston, on the other hand, complete opposite. Disappointing last season. They got, they cleaned house. They brought in some new coach. They brought in a new front office, and it has worked to a charm. 4-1 win last night against Vancouver Whitecaps. Houston now up in fourth place in the Western Conference. What a season for them, Dan. Yeah, I didn't see that one coming. I don't know if you did or not, but... Um... Well, you know, I mean, they yeah. got rid of Darwin Quintero, so I mean, that was kind of expected, right? <laughs> we didn't explode after getting rid of Darwin, uh, so yeah, that's that's check that off. Yeah, I, you know, Shot we always necessary when this. Yeah, that was kind of unnecessary. <laughs> uh, when when the season starts, you always wonder what are going to be the surprises in the league, especially in the West, right? Yeah. And if you'd have told me Houston was going to do what they're doing, or um, if you'd have told me that. Austin was going to be down in the bottom and probably not the playoffs. You'd have went, really? Okay. Uh, so those Texas hasn't Texas been weird. Yeah. very. Dallas weird. has been kind of just floating around. Austin was unbeatable last year. Now they're not going to make the playoffs. Uh, none of their teams made the playoffs one year. You know, it's just, it's, it's hard to figure out what's going on down in Texas, but if you play in 120 degree heat all the time, you know, he probably wouldn't be very consistent either. So. Uh, other results from last night, a 3-0 road victory for Nashville at Sporting Kansas City definitely helps Minnesota out with their, uh, after their loss last night as well. Keeps Kansas City below Minnesota. Still two points behind Minnesota, though. Uh, three points out of the final playoff spot. Nil-nil draw between LAFC and St. Louis. We already mentioned that. Seattle get a 2-1 win at Colorado. Boosts them up to second place in the Western Conference. Now five points shy of St. Louis for the top spot in the West. And what was it? A couple of weeks ago when we hosted Seattle, we were like, oh man, the Seattle side's kind of collapsing. They mm-hmm. haven't been scoring goals lately. They've just been kind of hanging on and eking out wins. Only get another 2 1 win last night. Right. Still in second place in the Western Conference. Incredible. Just incredible. So, so here you're just, this is why there's hope. This is why there's hope is right now people are saying, oh, Minnesota's tanking. They're awful. Uh, they're, they're, they're dying down the stretch. And every time we think that of a team, all of a sudden, like LA Galaxy, oh, they're done. They're not going to make it. it. Again, you 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 straighten some things out. Whatever the problem was last night, I don't even know where to start with what the problem was yeah. last night in LA. But if you get some of those things straightened out and the players start playing to their abilities, you win two, you win two and get a draw. You go three without a loss, and all of a sudden you're in a solid playoff spot. So it, it's it's. It's crazy that the Western Conference is this tight, but it's also wonderful because you can be struggling like Minnesota has and and lose two heartbreaking matches, but you get a win at home and next Saturday and you follow that up with another win, all of a sudden eh, we're back in seventh, sixth place. So everybody keeps knocking everybody off, you know, and 
nobody gets to seems to be able to put any kind of a serious run together except for the top couple of squads and and everybody else keeps jockeying for position so it's weird to say but with five matches left it's far from over yeah i mean you got teams like rail salt lake four losses in their last five after they lose three one last night what were their second third place a couple weeks ago and since mm-hmm. then it's just just been an utter collapse for them you know they had a big injury can't remember exactly who it was they had a big injury that's kind of hindered their ability to score goals and kind of control games so they've really struggled of late they are falling uh very quickly out uh or down the western conference they by the end of this they could see themselves out of the playoffs after perching themselves pretty high up in the western conference and seemed like they were going to be untouchable i know a couple weeks ago when it we we talked about the playoff race we talked about there being three tiers and the top tier was St. Louis, uh, Real Salt Lake, and I think Seattle at the time. We're like, these guys aren't going to be touch- on. These guys are untouchable. They're going to make the playoffs. And now we're here questioning Real Salt Lake going down the stretch. And then Portland, a 2-1 win over San Jose last night, moves them back up into the playoff spots. Uh, it looks like getting rid of Gio- Giovanni Savarese, who was well-liked <laughs> in the locker room, it sounds like, yeah. uh, was, was all they needed to do because now they're in eighth place in the Western Conference. Yeah, they're only a point behind Real Salt Lake. And, and yeah. so, yeah. Um, so real salt Lake is all of a sudden found themselves in, uh, I think they're sixth right now. So they, they're like in that same position right now that Minnesota was going into last night's match in LA. If we win, Hey, all is good. And we bump up a couple spots, but if we lose technically they could be out of the playoffs, their yeah. next loss. So it's that, it's that close, which is, which is really cool. And it's really exciting but also pretty stressful if you're, you know, anybody but St. Louis right now. Yeah. I mean, was it Minnesota three points away from being in sixth place right now? That's, that's insane to me that it's that. Yeah. Despite the two losses this week already, <laughs> I if, know. They get, if they can pull out a win against St. Louis and have some results go their way, they could be up in sixth place I mean, uh, just come Saturday nuts. night. It's just, yep. it is nuts. It, it doesn't mean what the two losses because of this, the two losses don't really feel all that, uh, I guess, much, as much of a, a dagger in your season. Yes, it sucks. Yes, it's a terrible time to lose like this, like these two games have been. But one win and bam, you're back in the playoffs and you're back in, in hosting contention. And you're forgetting that you just had two losses, two disappointing losses in the way that they happened. I mean, it's right. it's really nuts. Uh, so that leaves Minnesota, as we said, 10th place in the Western Conference, 37 points. Uh, just one point behind Dallas on 38 uh, for ninth place in the Western Conference, two points behind Portland for eighth, and then three points behind Real Salt Lake and San Jose for sixth and seventh. So one win, she said, can jump you right up. Uh, and then two wins can get you right back up into home playoff spots because it's only 43 points uh, that Houston have, and they're sitting in that home playoff spot. So, yeah, it's very quickly Minnesota could jump up and uh, be in hosting contention again. So it's not all over yet despite the schedule that they have in front of them. Dan, before we get to the predictor, uh, your thoughts on do they make the playoffs or not? Or is that I, part of you write that down? You, you know, no, I, I'm I'm the eternal optimist. Uh, call me a homer. Call me whatever you want. But you know what? I, I find life much more fun if I'm positive than if I uh, join the masses and, and, you know, act like everything's horrible and, you know, everything has to change. And uh, I can't get past the fact that uh, this team has enough talent to, to be in the playoffs. They should be a playoff yeah. team. So I think they're going to make it. I, I, I think, I think the run to a home field playoff match, I feel that's pretty much gone. 
Um, yeah. although technically it's not, I mean, like you said, you win two or three in a row and all of a sudden that's in play. I think that, I think they'll make the playoffs. Yeah. I, I, at this point would be very disappointed if they did not, but I think they'll get it done. I think there's just, there's just, this team has too much talent not to at least get into that, you know, last playoff spot. I think if you look at how some of the other teams are playing specifically, we also like, it mm-hmm. feels like they're going to fall out Portland. They have an interim management. I know they want, they've strung together a couple of nice results here and found themselves popped up into the playoff spot. So it feels like they are very iffy as well. It feels like Minnesota just needs to write the ship. I know the competition over the last five games is incredibly tough. This is exactly what we talked about at the beginning of the season when the schedule was released. You need to have things in order before this final run because it is so tough going down the stretch. St. Louis, LAFC, and then you finish up the season at Kansas City where you've never played well. You have to have things locked up, and Minnesota right now don't. They are walking a very, very big or very, very narrow tightrope, and uh, they have to tread carefully because another loss, and it'll feel very much like they'll be out of it. So, yeah, I think I think they'll make it, though. You know what? I think looking at the Western Conference table, I think there's only three teams that, if I had to put my money on it, that are guaranteed not to fall out. St. Louis, obviously, they're in. And then Seattle with 45 points, LAFC with 44. After that, I would I mean, say Houston. Houston looks good right now at 43. They've been consistent this season. I'll give them that. So I'll, I'll yeah. say that. And they've got veteran leadership, and they're playing really well. They've gotten a lot of goals from their attack. So I'll, I'll say that they're pretty much untouchable. I think the top four are untouchable. Everything yeah. else, very questionable in the Western Conference. Wide, wide open. If those yeah. four teams are in, and I guess I have to agree with you. Houston seems pretty solid. They're five points ahead of the uh, the playoff line, and that's five points is quite a bit this time of year. But uh, after that, five, six, seven, eight, and nine, I've, it's it's going to be a mess. It's going to yeah, be a mess. All right, so let's get to the predictor then. Uh, why don't you explain what that is? Yep, three games, including the upcoming Minnesota United match. You predict the winner or the score. If you get the winner or the draw correct, you get a point. If you get the score exactly correct, you get a bonus point. It's pretty simple. Who's uh, do you have? Uh, do we have a little accountability here? We do, but I don't have like how the results actually went. So uh, we'll just continue the suspense for another week. <laughs> I have what everybody wrote or predicted. I just oh, don't okay. have what the actual results. Ended up okay. being. No, that's all right. I'm not going to try just... to do the math on, on the fly here because as we've nope. as we've seen from the five years of broadcasting together, that doesn't go well for me. So nah, don't not do even going to try it. Yep. All right. All so, right. Uh, so who goes first? I go first because I'm ahead of you, 28 to 24. Good. The last time we updated the standings three weeks ago, we'll just continue the suspense. Who knows how this will turn out at the end of the season? So looking at the schedule ahead for this Saturday, got plenty of games. One of those has to be Minnesota. I'll start with that one. Minnesota, St. Louis. As much as I've been talking them up and saying that they'll get in the playoffs and St. Louis might have a little bit of a dip because mm-hmm. they just got in, they just locked up a playoff spot. There's it's still a side that's aiming for that first spot in the Western conference. I think this will be a two, two draw for Minnesota. Come on. Sorry, bud. Would you believe I had the same thing written down? Did you really? I have it's right here on paper. I have a two, two draw written down right that's there on good. paper. And, and I'm just going to go, I, I got to pick a winner then because I don't want to end up draw and going by score. Uh, let's just, let's suppose that Minnesota gets, uh, um, they get angry about the last two losses and they play great and home crowd. They're due to get a win at home two one Minnesota. That's fair. Uh, snake order. So you go again. 
Okay. Uh, Cincinnati will shut out Charlotte 2-0. Oh, man, you had that game too? I had that game as well. So I'm going to choose a different game. I'm going to shy away from choosing the same game as you. New York City FC, Toronto, two teams that are outside of the playoffs right now in the Eastern Conference. Toronto well outside of it. They got they got run out of the building by Miami last night, a team that's looking to climb back into the or climb into the playoff spots. Uh Lionel Messi got injured. We're not really going to go into too much about the Eastern Conference at this point of the season. I think New York City run Toronto out of the building. 3-0 New York City as they look to climb back into the playoffs. So they're the first team outside looking in in the Eastern Conference. So New York City 3-0. Uh, that means uh, since Snake Order, I'll make my final pick. Philadelphia LAFC, a rematch of last year's MLS Cup final. This time it is in Philadelphia. This should be very interesting. LAFC coming off a big week themselves. They had the LA Derby on Saturday night. Then they went out to St. Louis yesterday. They will be going out to Philadelphia after that. It is a very tough week mm-hmm. for them. I don't know Philadelphia's schedule off the top of my head, but I like Philadelphia in this one. Uh, I think Philadelphia are going to win 1-0. It's going to be a very close game, and it'll be Philadelphia just narrowly edging that one, 1-0 Philadelphia. I, I looked. I give you credit for picking that one. I looked at that one. I said, I'm not touching that one. So um, I also was going to pick on the – NYCFC Toronto matchup, mm-hmm. but I'm going to change that since you picked that one. I'll give you the same courtesy and go to a different. I had a three-one uh, New York. Yeah, you had three-nil, right? Yep. Yeah, I had a three-one. So I'll go. I'll go away from that one. I'll go Nashville two, San Jose one. All right, I like it. So that's the predictor. Our other yep. soccer-related prediction segment of the week is write that down. We each make three soccer-related predictions. We'll call them goals. The person with the most correct predictions at the end of the year. Uh, we'll get the golden boot because we'll call them goals as, and we'll keep track of those predictions. This one I do have an accountability session for, Dan. Uh, starting left to right on my spreadsheet, a couple things coming off the board for me. Four things, two right, two wrong. I'll start off with the right because I like to say I like to go with good first. St. Louis City, I said back in April, I said St. Louis City will make the playoffs. Well, they just locked up their playoff spot. Point there for me. A uh, little later on in the season, uh, earlier this month, I said U.S. men's national team record will record two clean sheets during this international break. They did, so I get a point there. I did say, though, that Bongi will score against New England. That was not a he didn't do that. I said Bongi will be involved in at least two goals against Sporting Kansas City, while Minnesota didn't score any goals against Kansas City. So no goals yeah. there for me on those two picks. But I do get two on the day, so I am on 10 goals now. i finally broken double digits at this point in the season, Dan. Yay for me. Yay. Uh, now you come up. And you've got all red in the category. You've got a number of things coming up. You said a week before on our Golasso predictions, because St. Louis had been running away with the West at that point. Uh, you said in our Golasso predictions, St. Louis City will not qualify for the playoffs. That was a long time ago. Yep. Well, you said it. It still counts. Fine. Fine. Uh, you also said Messi will not score against LAFC, but he will score two or more goals in his next MLS match. He played last night against Toronto. It was his first match back. He did not score. He didn't even make it past 40 minutes. We'll see yeah. what that injury is. Uh, you said Minnesota will get a goal from one of their starting midfielders against New England. Well, they got a goal, but it was from a goalkeeper or it was from uh, an attacking midfielder with assist from the goalkeeper. Uh, and the attacking midfielder, Frank Fragapani, was not a starter. Uh, you said Bongi will score in his first match back. He did not. That was against New England. Uh, and then you said last week, you said Emmanuel Reynoso will be involved in every MNUFC goal against Sporting Kansas City. There was no goals. And you said at least one red card will be dished out in the LA Derby. Did not happen either. So no points for you this week. No points for AJ either. He had a number of things come off the board 
he's not here, so we can make fun of him as much as we want. He said earlier in July, uh, MNUFC will win at least five of the remaining seven home matches. Well, since wow. that point, they have only won one, and there's only three home matches left. They cannot mathematically win five, so no point there for him. That seemed like a tapping at that point, but I guess not. Uh, he did say Faloran Balogun will score a hat trick during the U- the international break. Only scored one goal for the U.S. Who, who said, predicts a hat trick? Nobody predicts hat tricks. I think he did at one point. Uh, he also said Asani Dotson will score for Minnesota against New England. He did not. Said in his Golasso pick, Bongi will score a hat trick in his first game back. Got a break in his got a brace in his second game back or his third game back. He came close ish. Uh, he said Timo Pukki will have at least two goal involvements against Sporting Kansas City. That didn't happen. And he said Tiago Amada and Lionel Messi will score in the Miami Atlanta match from last weekend. Well, Messi didn't play, so that one didn't come off. So uh, that's where we sit right now. Uh, that means our goals tally for the season has AJ up in top on 23. You are in second and 21, and I am a distant third in with 10 goals. That means you get to go first, Dan. I'm not picking any hat tricks. I'll tell you that. All right. You know, AJ's picks have gotten weird since the state legalized marijuana. Just saying. Uh, I'm Not first. Saying, okay. but just saying. I'm going first. Okay, I am. I have a feeling uh, against St. Louis on Saturday, Ishmael to Jury Shradi will score a goal for Minnesota. Write that down. I like it. Write that down. Uh, all of mine. I'm gonna just tee this up here. All of my involved teams either making or not making the playoffs. Oh boy! So my first one will be. As we talked about earlier, Minnesota, mm-hmm. write this down, will make the playoffs. Write that down, Dan. Okay. Since we're going I, snake order, I'll go again here. I feel like that's close to a tap in, but it's not. I'm on 10 no. goals. I need tap ins. I have plenty of bunts. <laughs> I have plenty of bunts left to go after you guys have stocked up in, on your bunts already. The, the infield's back. Jonathan's laying down a bunt. Yep. <laughs> uh, write this down. Sporting Kansas City will not make the playoffs, despite some good recent play from them. Wow. So you're going to say they're going to continue to tumble. Hopefully. Uh, okay. Uh, let's see. Where was it? Was Oh, here we go. How about this one? In the next three matches, mm-hmm. Minnesota will have three different guys wear the captain's armband. Write that down. Who's not going to wear it if Boxy and Trap aren't wearing it? What happened to Boxy? Why is Boxy not on the field? The no so. Reynoso would probably be number the- three. I want to say he has for a brief time. What happened that Boxy's not on the field? I can't tell you. That's, That's inside information. That's concerning. <laughs> all right, your third and final one for the day. Now that you got me all concerned um, and Loon's okay. across the world concerned. Yes. <laughs> you know what? If they're concerned by what I pick and write that down, they need to get out more. Uh, <laughs> they're living the Here good we lives. go. The last three in each conference. So in the West, it'd be Austin. LA Galaxy and Colorado, and the last three in the East, Toronto, uh, Red Bull, and Miami, those six, none of those will make the playoffs. They're all wow, done. Wow, you're predicting no inner Miami in the playoffs. What will MLS do? They're they're gonna regroup Messi, done. He's over, overrated. That website's gonna be blank if if Messi's not in the playoffs. He, what are they gonna put would, on the website? He would be he would be fine, but I think he's a bit of a you know, he's a bit of a cupcake. He's soft. What, are they, gonna, all the what time. are they going to talk about in their podcast if Messi's not in the playoffs? They're going to talk about all the hat tricks that AJ predicted. Man, MLS is going to be <laughs> struggling for content if if Messi doesn't make the playoffs. Yeah, Wolf, man. Uh, my final prediction, Real Salt Lake, as I mentioned uh, earlier, four losses in their last five games. They have really struggled of late. Real Salt Lake, write this down, Dan, will not 
make the playoffs. Wow. That down. So you so you've got wait a minute, I gotta pull up this. You've got Real Salt Lake not, not making, making the it. They're sixth, and you've got Sporting Kansas City not making the playoffs. Sporting they're 11. Kansas City not making it. I've got Minnesota. But they're in eleventh. Okay, that's not so bad. I, I was thinking you were, uh, yeah. But okay, we're we're done with that second. I just want to say, if you look at the Western Conference table, as soon as you get past four, it is. What's Vancouver doing in fifth? That's BS. They were in second on Saturday night at one point. What? what? San San Jose is in above the the cutoff line. It's just it's weird. I, I yeah. think that it's going to be a I like crazy. It it's going to be a crazy last three weeks. It is. It's going to be. You nuts. got the teams Just that were bananas. second and fourth place in the Western Conference last mm-hmm. year. Now in twelfth and thirteenth place yeah. in the Western Conference. You've got what a team that won the Western Conference two years ago down in fourteenth place. Yeah. How it's the mighty just, fall very quickly in this. It's season. bizarre. It's just yeah. bizarre. So all right, it's going to be fun though. I can't wait to be a part of it. So let's get yeah. in the playoffs. That's the main thing. Absolutely. Big game coming up, Loons fans, this Saturday, 7 p.m. pre-match show, 7.30 p.m. kickoff with Dan Terrar and myself on AM 1500 ESPN, 1500ESPN.com, and the free Score North mobile app. Also, because it's a home game, hit that button on the Apple TV. If you're watching the broadcast from your home, go up right above the seeker. There's the little gear icon. Go to the left of that. There's a little circle with the lines in it, I believe. Click on that, and you can choose the home radio broadcast feed. Do that. Join plenty of Loons fans in listening to our broadcast on Saturday night. We cannot wait to have you join us. Uh, we cannot wait to have that game going on. Big game for the Loons. Hopefully uh, a big turnaround for the Loons as well. Dan, we'll talk to you then. All right. Adios. See you then. See you then. See you, Loons fans. We'll talk to you then. We'll be right back here next week at some point for Loons.